You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 52. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Gaspar Tinet is the founder of Lasso Shoes, a slipper made out of wool felt. Gaspar will talk about how he came up with the idea, how he launched his product and company and how the startup has developed ever since. Welcome Gaspar, I look forward to talking to you today. How are you? Uh, hi Elizabeth, I'm very well. Thank you for your interest in uh, Lasso and your interview. Maybe yeah, maybe you just start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do. Sure. So I train as a product designer um, in London and um, I've been developing since then uh, quite a wide range of uh, products from children's furniture to uh, more industrial projects. And one of the projects I've been working on uh, intensely since uh, my graduation is a project that actually started during my master which was about local production and the brief was about producing something as locally as possible um, and thinking about something that uh, you know we might be the first uh, potential cons uh, customers so this whole project started with thinking about something simple that I needed uh, and that I could do uh, very locally and quite uh, quite easily came up with this idea of uh, making a sleepers that would be made of uh, just a single piece of, uh, of wool felt and a, a pair of uh, laces um, and that's that's how basically lasso started and the very first lasso was actually made within uh, like a 500 meter um, radius like it was really I mean I've, I've literally just came down the street and found this small shop doing uh, bags and leather, leather, leather accessories and they had a little bit of felt and we just produced the old pair directly there and since then I mean it's been the kind of the, the main idea of our company trying to do thing like responsibly and locally and really know all the people that we are working with and are involved in the project so It's a bit wider now, but we are working, I mean, all, all the partners from the making of the felt to the distribution of the product um, are all made within a, a 500 kilometer radius, so mostly in France. <laughs> And I read that you came up with the idea because you had cold feet. Yeah, right. I was living in a in a house uh, with housemates in in London, and it was an old house, so the heating wasn't really uh, efficient. And uh, I mean, through the through the the process of uh, designing the project, I got in really interested into in wool because, uh, and I mean, you can actually really feel it when you when you wear the lasso when you work with natural wool is that it's a very it's a very intelligent materials in that uh, it you never get sweaty in it and it's it sort of uh, can be very very warm or just chill um, 
sort of adapt to the to the moisture and to the temperature of your feet so it's actually a very a very efficient material for that purpose keeping your feet hot <laughs> and did you like research this about wool or did someone tell you about wool or how did you you know discover these actually, properties actually it started with felt more than wool um, but uh, one of the interesting thing with felt is that it's you can do felt out of any material basically any any textile or even plastic um, and so you can find all the quality of felt uh, you can imagine from very cheap insulation or you know car insulation uh, felt made out of uh, polypropylene or or polyethylene to a hundred percent you know like a merino wool felt uh, and the price basically goes from one to one thousand or you know something like that so i actually experienced like different types of felts and uh, and i mean you can totally even if some of them looks almost the same uh well not exactly but almost the same you can really feel the difference with wool you know uh with the with the temperature story like you never get sweaty in in uh, in 100 wool felts it just uh, kind of opens up and uh, reacts to humidity so, so i got interested in wool um, you know because the whole idea was to make something relatively cheap and uh, i mean at least affordable and of the best quality we could make And made the most responsibly, uh, you know, as possible. So, I mean, maybe maybe we sh I should go back from the beginning. But the whole concept of uh, of our product is that we they delivered flat pack, a bit like IKEA, but you get to choose uh, amongst a very wide range of colors, and you get to sew the the sleepers yourself. So it makes this. Uh, you know, create this bounce between you and the and the sleepers, and this this feeling of homemade product that, um, yeah, it gives it kind of a unique value. You know, and you it's you know handmade, hand and homemade product. So the idea was to make something with this concept that will be you know that be affordable, but also of the best quality if possible. So that's why we use uh, you know uh, 95% wool felt. And the five percent is uh, viscose that uh, 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 supplies add to the um, to the mix to to make it tight enough so that the needles, when they produce the felt, can uh, you know can sleep properly and can function properly. And otherwise, you can't have this uh, density in the in the felt to, with 100% wool. And do you? So, yeah, yeah, sorry. And do you source the wool then also locally in France? Uh, well, it's it's uh, extremely hard to source enough uh, wool in France, and uh, a lot of it is used for knitting industry. And uh, actually, the the factory that we are working with is in uh, northern Italia, just uh, I mean after the border, and uh, they source the wool mostly from um, northern Australia, uh, Italia and uh, Austria, so from around them. But sometimes they buy it on international market because, you know, they, they can't have enough, you know, enough supplies to provide all the clients. 
but when they do so, they get the best uh, the best quality they can, you know, that is trade. So even if sometimes the wool is not directly from uh, Northern Europe, it's um, it's the best wool you can get in the market. So yeah, and and the other thing, I mean, why why we are working with this factory is that they are able to provide. The exact same quality of felt uh, all year long and no matter what quantity we're asking and also they are uh, fully operated by solar panel and they are uh, engaged in like recycling uh, you know procedures so they they are really inquisitive about the waste and everything all the dye that they use is uh, natural dyes there's no chemicals in the factories and so it's like a it's a very good factory. I mean, we are very happy to work with them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. And how did you find the different suppliers that are all within 500 kilometers of yourself? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question because we, we've been approached by a lot of different people that, um, you know, rather through internet or in during the fairs, that the commercial fairs that we do, do uh, a lot of people interested in, um, you know, taking in charge the production and finding factories in in Asia or um, even like northern or so southern Asia and basically produce everything and just ship us um, pallets or containers of product, and so that we can focus on the brand. And even though we are uh, focusing a lot of on, on the brand, all the people that we are working with is, a, is actually people that we meet and that we talk to very frequently. So, um, I mean, the only people that we don't meet are the, um, are the people that owns the sheep and we would be very happy to, to know exactly where the, the wool comes from. But uh, beside that, we have direct relationship with all the uh, suppliers. So we met them by... You know, looking for them, and and once we met them, having the right feeling that we can work together and that we can grow together for a very long time, and so it's a very kind of human relationship, um, and that's something very important for us. Like even though a lot of our business is online, we feel like the relationship with the partners and with the suppliers is the is the core of our uh, of our company, and we don't want to be you know, we don't want to be dealing with people that we have uh, no idea about how they work or where they live or, or who they are. So mostly by traveling and visiting factories around us. With very short distances then, not a long distance flight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so you say your product footprint is very important for your product. Are you also planning on calculating the actual product yeah. footprint at some point? Um, yes, totally. And we have data from uh, felt suppliers. So um, we can start from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the of the project is to do a real audit of um, the full, um, you know, the full impact of, uh, of the whole operation. And one of the one of the other project concerning this is to open um, a logistic warehouse in the United States. So that's something we've been working on, and we hope that uh, it's gonna happen in in the coming year, hopefully. And the idea would be to um, at first open a, a logistic center in the 
in, in America uh, in order to provide all uh, American uh, customers. And after that, actually, the, the real goal would be to actually open a, another supply chain and another factory because a product are quite simple and straightforward to make. So, I mean, an absolute goal would be that the, the felt is made into in each um, continent and that we supply each uh, customers with products that are really every time locally made, you know. Okay, that's, but it's a big project. So mm, that sounds time. big, yes. So, which would be your key markets at the moment? Uh, well, uh, actually, we so since we work a lot online, we have a lot of data about our, our, um, our market, our clients, and uh, we got quite surprised. It's a very broad. It's a very broad market, even though. I mean, the the main clients are between 35 and 45 years old, and it's like a little bit more women's, but it's like 55% women's and 45% men's. But we also have like a third of the clients that are uh, uh, over 55 years old, and uh, another third that is under 35. So, you know, it's both young and uh, older people. And uh, it's you know slightly more urban people, but we also have a lot of people living on the, on the countryside. So it's actually a very very broad uh, audience, and um, you know we think that the um, I don't know. I mean we we hope that it's because of the sincerity of our uh, communication and the you know the transparency that we're trying to have about both our product and our suppliers and. Uh, you know, and her uh, logistic and everything that, you know, makes makes a product very, uh, you know, adapted to a lot of, uh, of different audience. Yeah. And we can't really say that we are focusing on, on one type of, uh, of client. We're just trying to do something that we would like, you know, and that we would, um, you know, that we would agree to, to buy and, and, you know, that we would, you know, agree with the concept of the brand and everything. And it seems like a lot of people are, um, you know, agree with us. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> we need something more like responsible and, you know, like transparent. So. Yeah. And if you say that you want to open a logistics center in the US, is then the US a key market for you? And, and... Oh, yeah. You were talking in terms of geographic. Sorry. No, but uh, both <laughs> things yeah. are interesting. But yeah, yeah what, the... tell us about the geographics. The, the U.S. has always been a very big market for us. It was the first for the first two years, and now it's uh, after France and and right after Germany. But um, but yeah, it has always been a big market for us since uh, we started on Kickstarter, and that that brought us a lot of uh, of American customers. And they seems to be the best ambassadors of a brand because. Uh, We don't spend huge budget on communication and on marketing and everything, and we still have a very, you know, like faithful and consistent um, audience or I mean, um, groups of clients from the from the U.S. And so we figure that it must be the people that bought us once uh, sleepers that are kind of promoting it, you know, and. Um, And so that, you know, that helped us to keep on developing international market, even though we don't, you know, we don't necessarily have the funds to organize huge uh, marketing campaign there. But yes, the U.S. is our second market. Um, and, you know, we 
it's it's much bigger than than France or than Germany or than France and Germany together. So so it's obviously a big, uh, you know. Huge potential as well, yeah. Yeah, big potential. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. And what? How did you come up with the idea that the customer actually has to do the final assembly of the shoe? And what was yeah? What was your idea behind that? That um, I mean, I've been always uh, interested in uh, in product that uh, kind of stories, you know, and, and not just about. Uh, rather the price, you know, like design to be as cheap as possible or the um, the design in terms of uh, fashion, you know, just the look of it. I think both, you know, a good price and a good key and a good look is are important. But I also, I mean, you know, the, 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 the object that I have around me that I love the most always kind of have this twist of... Uh, you know, having a story behind rather than someone that gave it to me or it's a little bit broke and I fixed it or, you know, it's something that I inherited or found something somewhere interested. So, you know, I, I, I always had this idea in mind of that, you know, the, the value of something is not only, you know, on its price tag, it's more about, you know, what relationship you have to it and what story is, is behind it. And... Also, as a product designer, you get to see the, um, you know, the, um, how do you call it, the back door, like the, um, the coulisse, you know, the, um, you get to see like the other side of the production and, and not just uh, the very nicely uh, set in shops with, um, you know, nice bright light and very good looking people selling you the project, but also the dirty, noisy factories, you know, and so... You get to see both sides, and and I think uh, a lot of people just don't realize what it takes to to produce that they have around themselves. And so making everyone involved kind of, um, I feel at least give you a, a sense of um, yeah of what it takes and what it has, you know. And when when you because it, it basically takes like 15 minutes of your time to sew your uh, sleeper, but if you you just do it. So it's not a pain or whatever, but then, you know, you also get to realize that, you know, this is the time it takes, and if it's so cheap, it's, I mean, if, if a lot of things around yourself are cheap, it's also because people get paid a really, really little for the time, you know. So I think, you know, without having to moralize anything or whatever, I think a lot of people are enjoying this this task of uh, of making it themselves. And I think it makes, uh, you know, it makes you both value and think about what you have in your hands and what it what it is, and by extension, what the rest also is. So it's nice, you know. It's, it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it it sounds a bit like uh, I want to, you know, we want to teach people, but it's not that I do. It's more like. A, Like that you build a relationship with the product because in the end you made it like complete exactly yeah. mm -hmm. it's like homemade food you know it's um, always tastes better yeah uh, <laughs> or homegrown food even better you know so it's about that it's about like uh, valuing things and you know trying to to make something that people won't throw away you know after a year or you know they yeah. kind of think twice because they have this They have this relationship with it.
Um, yeah, and you also launched your product on Kickstarter very successfully. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with the platform? Sure, yeah. Um, we actually, we made this campaign because we, I have a very good friend in, um, in London that uh, started a, a company that tried to promote and find, find designers and help them to launch the, the campaign on Kickstarter. So it wasn't really a right there at the beginning, but they, he kind of convinced us to try. And it's been a really, really great experience because, um, I mean, we've asked for, I mean, we, we received uh, three times what we've asked for. And also we started with this base of very involved clients, I mean, customers that was really, uh, you know, getting the concept of the brand and very, very supportive uh, backers and or funders. So it helped us to launch without having to borrow too much money to the bank. Actually, we borrowed very little to the bank to start. And, uh, and also it gave us straight away this large uh, audience of people that was a great ambassadors for the brand. So uh, I, think, I think it's a real new paradigm of, um, you know, especially for designers or creators that you know, end up having a, a lot of ideas and, you know, there's a lot of very talented people out there, but the, the industry as it is today is, uh, it's very hard for a product designer to find like big editor to, to produce things, you know, rather even factories or big brands, they are very careful about the investment that they make. Most of the time they would you know, hardly promote like a, a completely unknown designers. So you get to do a lot of exhibitions and you have a lot of press coverage, but at the end of the day, it's very hard to get one of your production really like in people's hands, you know? And I think this crowdfunding things makes it happen in a very, very unique and direct way, you know? And, uh, and it promotes a lot of, of value that, that we have. And I think a lot of people in our generation has as, as you know, like transparency and, uh, you know, direct relation between the creators and, the, um, and the, the users and also like a, a new way of seeing uh, entrepreneurship as, you know, not as, uh, not as like business people that would be only focusing on how much money they can make and, and you know, no matter what they would sell or produce. But entrepreneurs in terms of like inventors and people that would be 100% invested in, uh, in what they do and in every step or aspect of what they do, you know, and being like conscious about, you know, who, who they're working for, I mean, who they're working with, who their clients are, uh, how they produce the stuff. And so, you know, I think it really is a new, a new paradigm because you get to work I mean, it, it, it makes it happen, it makes it uh, doable for very small creators to actually launch a company. And I'm not saying that it's easy and that everything happens nicely. I mean, on, on both sides, if you don't have enough customers or if you have too much customers, it can be a very, very challenging adventure, but also extremely re rewarding because you get to, you know, you get to meet directly the people that, you know, like your brand, like your work, 
And even now, we still, I mean, it's been three years and we still receive message from people that backed us on Kickstarter and that is buying like a new pair after three years and said, you know, we love your work, go on and, you know, keep on the good work. So it's really has been a great adventure for us. And that's why now, you know, after after three years of uh, selling uh, sleepers uh, and focusing on uh, a supply chain and uh, partners and making everything happen nicely, we are finally ready to launch a new project. So, so we're going to do a new Kickstarter campaign on the very end of September, first week of October on Kickstarter. So... Uh, I'll send you the link so that you can put it on the on your website. Yes, and uh, we, we are very excited about it. And it's also made out of uh, wool felt, and so we really hope that the um, you know the, the first community of, of backers will uh, you know will enjoy it and will uh, be here again to to support and promote Lasso. And is it also a shoe or is it a different product? No, it's a backpack. Ah, it's okay. A, Great. It's a backpack, yeah. Okay. Uh, and we have we've actually designed like a special felt with the suppliers to make it like uh, completely waterproof and water repellent uh, without any uh, chemical uh, product. So it was uh, quite challenging, but uh, we are very happy with the results, and we um, yeah we're really excited about it. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. And yeah, I'll make sure to link to your Kickstarter campaign and of course your website in the show notes so that also our audience can support your new product. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah, you talked earlier already a little bit um, that you actually don't have a big marketing budget, um, but you are, of course, very active on the different social media platforms. Um, tell us a little bit more which platforms you're using and if you see like one performing better than the other. Yeah, okay. So again, a bit like a bit like Kickstarter, we are we are now in a in a time where marketing and finding customers is uh, you know is very different from uh, what it was even 10 years uh, ago because we are using. I mean, the, the only mark, real marketing campaign that we do is on Facebook, and so uh, we we are doing it ourselves, and we are trying, we are finding our audience and uh, and making the the ads ourselves and deciding the budget ourselves, everything. And uh, and it's quite uh, it's quite interesting because with uh, I mean, there's just uh, three of us at Lasso and two full time. And uh, manage to to create all these campaigns and to meet new customers, you know, and really knowing what we're looking for and finding them uh, quite precisely. So it's it's very helpful for small entrepreneurs because back in the days you used to just put money on like prints and posters and putting them a bit like wherever you wish it would work, but without any feedbacks and, you know, it's kind of a lot of money to start. And uh, with these tools, now we're able to, to, you know, really prospect and find new customers without spending a huge amount of money and without taking uh, a huge amount of risk. So we use a lot uh, the Facebook ads system uh, and a little bit Google too. And then we have Instagram too, and uh, we are trying as much as possible to be active on Instagram. 
and um, I mean it's working well but we don't like there's quite a lot of brands and I don't know if it's something that we can say out loud because it's a bit of a but there's a quite a lot of brand that buys a lot of followers or buys a lot of likes and you know like promote their brand in that way of uh, of using fake uh, I mean of making fake fans and fake for customers and we we don't do that like it's not something that we are you know we like to I mean that we don't consider a brand you know that in that way so even though we receive a lot of emails you know of people trying to sell us like followers or likes or or you know like um to promote like kind of artificially in a, a, a product we don't do that we just uh we just try to post quality pictures and to uh find people that has the same interest as uh, as we do and uh and to you know put ads uh to people that we know are uh, interested in in a product but uh that's yeah. That's basically the core of our uh, marketing activity: Instagram and Facebook. Okay. For sure. So, so it's more of a you're trying to grow organically on those platforms as much as possible with the support of a little bit of advertisement as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, I mean, there's also different types of advertisement, and we don't we you know we're trying to be transparent and honest in our way of advertising too. So we don't we don't buy fake likes and fake followers yeah no that's clear okay cool and i saw also on your youtube channel that you have like three very short videos that show how the lasso shoe gets cut um printed on and also stitched together do you think yeah. that's important to give this kind of behind the scenes and I also saw that you actually like provide the name and the link to the french company that is assembling the shoes yeah. is that like the new transparency yeah That's the same idea, and uh, I mean, since then we had to change uh, this factory because they weren't able to follow the production, and they had some changes. I mean, they they sold the, the workshop, and so we had to we had to leave. But uh, in between the two years that we've been working with them, we you know we uh, provided them thanks to this video and the Kickstarter and everything. Uh, three other clients found them thanks to us, you know. And it was very nice, you know, uh, we're not in that stage where we need to, you know, buy out uh, competitors or make sure they are, don't have, uh, you know, like for instance, with the leather, with the leather industry, you hear a lot of these kind of stories of people buying the, the leather factory so that they make sure that other brands can't have it and hiding the way they, they produce stuff and uh, buying like uh, exclusivities on some suppliers at least that's something that you know you hear a lot in france with uh, all the luxury business but again that's not the way we we do things or we see ourselves like if we can provide to our suppliers new clients and if we can help young entrepreneurs to make their the project happens by finding the right supply you know we're more than happy to to do that and to help so We're gonna do some more of these videos and a bit uh, updated, and yeah, it's it's the same idea of uh, you know being transparent and and trying to work hand in hands with the uh, you know the suppliers and the uh, and the manufacturers and and not you know you know if you, if you can help them out then maybe they'll help us out. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. a nice way to work. It's not like. We're not we're not at war here, you know. Yeah, so. true. 
And my last question to you is maybe what can people learn from your experience? So what was kind of your biggest challenge that you faced during the last three years and then yeah. the learning that you took away? <laughs> Certainly. So, I mean, I, I, I did a little bit of a, of lecture to business schools and, um, and all that thing. And it's true that it feels like a, a lot of the people that are involved in, in business or entrepreneurship and trying to make stuff, They are very focused on the idea of um, making something uh, online and raising as much fun as possible and selling the company as quick as possible. And you know, and since I'm a product designer and, and uh, I'm only as a graphic designer, and we never train as business people. We don't we don't see it that way, and we might be a bit more old school. But the fact that when you produce something, you you actually invest a lot in the stock. And it's, you know, it takes time to, to grow and you take risk and, um, and, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not like the startup life that you could imagine, you know, like as people like, you know, finding millions of, uh, of, uh, investors and, and trying to do everything quickly. We are more like a traditional business and there's a lot in it that, um, that we love, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's maybe a bit longer and you need to be very resilient. And at the beginning we didn't pay ourselves for, uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a year and a half or two years. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, long and tough, but it's also very rewarding to, you know, like, like I said before, like, uh, knowing all these people like that we're working with and knowing these clients and seeing the company grow, like, uh, at a steady rhythm and um, and yeah, like uh, producing something, you know, like making something that is part of a, a you know um, daily life of uh, hundreds or even thousands of people, and that is quiet and still here, and that is uh, liked by by all these people. So I think it's a very very reward rewarding job. But it's uh, you know you get you get these tough moments of course, and you have to be uh, a bit uh, stubborn like you have to be, you know. It's like, have a long breath. Yes. Yeah, a long breath. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. You, you can't you know you can't just say, uh, you know I, I didn't fundraise enough money uh, or the bank refused this credit so, you know fuck it you have to, yeah continue do, pursuing your 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 will and your and your idea and um, and it takes time but it's a uh, it's very I mean I feel like it's very very rewarding and especially these little things you know it's not like a because we've been into very fancy shops uh, in Paris and we had like a very fancy press coverage after the Kickstarter and everything and Actually, that's that's not the most rewarding that we got. The, the the biggest reward is really, you know, normal customers that bought us just one pair, and it's just, you know, almost by accident dropping us this very nice mail saying that, you know, he loved his slippers and he's gonna buy a new pair, and uh, you know he backed us on Kickstarter and just you know that he he understand what we're trying to do and you know this just this small mails, but it's uh, yeah it's. Uh, <laughs> that fuels your energy okay sounds really good um yeah so where can our listeners now either get their own lasso shoes or just find out more about you and your company great cool and uh yeah just um 
we'll, we'll make a, a discount code so you can have it um, okay great uh, quickly so what's the website that they should go to oh sorry it's uh, www.lasso-shoes uh, uh, so pluralshoes.com but if you just have lasso shoes on google uh, search bar you'll find us really quickly that's good Okay, excellent. Yeah, well, great for the promo code. We'll put all the details in the show notes and also uh, the Kickstarter campaign. So lots going on at Lasso Shoes. And I thank you so much for your time today, Gaspar, and talking so openly about all that you do. Sure. Thank you for the interview. Have a nice day. Elizabeth. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> If you want to get your own pair of lasso shoes, you can now get a 10% discount with the promo code WOOL written with three O's. So that is all small caps W-O-O-O-L. Just enter this promo code when you are on the website for lasso shoes and at the checkout there will be 10% discounted on your final price. You can find the link to the Lasso Shoes websites in the show notes as well as the link to the Kickstarter campaign for the wool backpack over at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 052. Once again, that is elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 052. Don't want to miss out on any of the future episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and also like us on Facebook at Elizabeth Van Delden. Thank you and see you next week. 